Hey, Soraya. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty right. good. Well, from the looks of it, Jeff, you and I decided to dress alike. We got First black time shirts. in this whole podcast that we have. We both have black shirts with graphics on it. Yeah, this so, is very unusual. Yeah, you know, uh, we don't usually dress alike, but no. today we are. We walk alike, we talk alike. Yeah. What's the rest of that Patty Duke said? They walk alike, they talk alike, they even something, something alike. <laughs> I will say that um, sometimes when I notice my wife, Chris, getting dressed, that I'll try to cop her style and I'll try to dress like her. If there's one thing that makes her extremely mad at me, it's me trying to dress like her. And, <laughs> and when we walk down the street, she doesn't. She won't walk next to me if I'm dressed like hers. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't happen if she was wearing a dress or anything, but color coordinated, I'm all for that. <laughs> See, I, you know what? That's, pr that's pretty interesting because is that a thing? Does that happen after you've been married for, you know, X number of years, you start to dress it like, like I've seen there's a, somebody has an account on Instagram of people who dress alike and it seems to be like the older you are, you tend to dress alike. Oh. I haven't seen that with my folks yet. Uh -huh. <laughs> I've been married 57 years next Sunday, but yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, all right. So yeah. We'll see. yeah, I don't know if it's a thing or not, but it's my thing. <laughs> all right. Well, then you and Chris color coordinated, but we digress. Yes. So and let our listeners know what today's show is about. Yeah. Talking about uh, the way people dress, how about the way that these guys are dressed right here? I know! Oh, man. Yeah, so today we're going to be doing an album focus, and we're going to be talking about the Long Rider State of Our Union album. Oof, yeah. and look at that. You got all four signatures. I did, yeah. That yeah. is an amazing thing. And again, one more album to honor the late and great. Tom Stevens. Yes, yeah. So, Jeff, let's hop into it. Let's do it. Hi, this is Soraya. And this is Jeff. Our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhyme. A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes. We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agroviar. Let's get groovy. All right, so State of Our Union, yep. the Longriders' um, major label release, because yeah. it came out on Island in 1985, uh, following the release of Native Sons, which we've covered on our show. But mm -hmm. but this is their uh, their major label. Um, yeah, I've got this little version, this box set, um, <laughs> which, which is pretty cool too. Not released on Island. This was re released on Cherry Red Records. And has a couple extra bonus CDs, but mm -hmm. this one's pretty cool too. But we're covering the original album, State of Our Union. Yes. And um, I think it came out, if I'm not mistaken, to pretty mixed reviews. Um, I I recall hearing Sid Griffin on a bootleg recording <laughs> say something about shortly after the album was out and they were on tour. And he said something like, the reviewer wrote, there are 10 things wrong with this album and it's all 10 songs. 
<laughs> Something. Okay. But see, this is how this is how um, someone described this album. Okay, so it's John Harrington, a record collector. This uh, State of Our Union is an album that quote combined the country rock of the Flying Burrito Brothers, the jangle of the birds, and Chuck Berry's rock and roll licks with the energy and snarl of the Clash. Perfect. How can you go wrong? Yeah, that's a perfect description. How can you go wrong with an album that's described that way? Ooh, sorry. No, no, and I think that's a very accurate way to describe this album. I can definitely hear, hear all of it. Traces, yeah, absolutely. And I think as we go through and we play some of these songs, that that'll clearly stand out. And I think it it needs to be said that uh, tracks, all the tracks. Um, really highlight how good and how on point this band was. The musicianship, um, I, I just find the arrangements to be really good and they highlight, you know, good lyrics and um, just really talented musicians behind these instruments, so. Yeah, yeah. And speaking yeah. of the musicians behind it, everybody has uh, writing credit somewhere mm -hmm. on the album so um tom wrote a couple of songs in here and then steven and sid split some of the songwriting credits as they always do but um so very talented and even even greg's got uh got a credit on here on one of the tunes so i think we'll be talking about that tune later so yes but one thing that's happening unusual with this album focus that i don't what? know that's ever happened before what? I didn't pick the leadoff track. <laughs> no, I took that from you. I stole <laughs> that from you. Yeah, that's. So should that's we start with track one? Let's do it. Okay, so track one is one of my very favorite songs by the Long Riders, and uh, you know anything that starts out with Sid going, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm all for it. So this is looking for Lewis and Clark.
Yes. What can you say, man? Yeah, that's a great one. So is uh, you can help me with this. So I read somewhere that this is the band's biggest selling LP. Yeah, that's what I understand as well, too. Uh, it might have something to do with Island pushing right. the record. Yeah. Well, and also they did a lot of, like, uh, if you look on um, YouTube, if you look for live performances, there were a lot of performances in Europe connected with uh, looking for, you know, connected with this album because uh, looking for Lewis and Clark got a lot of uh, airtime. Yeah. And released as a single. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So yeah. So I got my little double single here signed by the guys too. Anyways. So yeah. Look at that. Released as a single. So that is a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. Great song. I'm glad we started off with that. I just, I love the energy of this song and um, you know, to me, I, there's, you know, you and I, we talk about the Paisley Underground bands and for all of those bands, all of that, you know, Central Four, there's one song that when you hear it, you're like, man, they're just going to give me everything. It's going to, you know, be an explosion, right? Lewis and Clark, when they play Looking for Lewis and Clark, I mean, you and I saw it when they played here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, the last time uh, they came through town, um, this song just blew blew the roof off the joint you know it was really it's just it's a fun song to hear live but um the energy behind the song itself is really good yeah and i think if i remember correctly it was the encore right i'm pretty sure i'm gonna have to go back to the set list but i'm i'm pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure well that was that's one of your favorite long writer songs all right yeah, one of my absolute favorite songs uh, from Long Riders, probably from any band, um, is the, the, uh, the next song in the sequence, is a matter mm-hmm. of fact, and it's Lights of Downtown. And um, I truly came to appreciate this song when uh, my buddy Paul and I were trying to form a new band. Um, we had our friend Bob on bass, and our friend Keisha was playing drums, and the four of us uh, actually pulled like six of our favorite songs together and Lights of Downtown was one of them. So Paul and I were trying to do the dual guitar part and I learned to really appreciate it when I tried to approach it from a musician trying to learn learn it as a cover. <laughs> and um, I've always liked the song, um, but the, the guitar part that kicks off the song is just amazing. And I remember at that last show that we went to at the Roxy, as soon as they started playing the guitar, like I just went, crazy um the lyrics are interesting uh so the band i I mean looking at this cover that has this uh western old western kind of feel to it like uh like there's ready to be a gunfight right when when you walk up on these guys so um (laughs) and this song lyrically is no exception um just reading the first verse alone pack my bags packed it in never coming back here again uh, paid my dues and stayed in line 16 years of serving my time. Now what I did, I do regret all the days that I had wept up all night. And you can bet I've got to live with that. So um, I'm guessing that the protagonist in this story did something that 
obviously that they've got to live with that they regret and it might have had something to do with uh some bullets i'm guessing i don't know hey man <laughs> i don't know nothing about nothing <laughs> but um this song was written by stephen mccarthy um and i just love his style he's really got that flying burritos um uh aspect to his songs and when you read that that quote i can definitely hear flying burritos in here but it's got a little i'm not it's definitely not punk but it's got some post-punk vibe to it that the long riders had and i think it's something that made them a little bit special but love the guitars in here one of my top five favorite long riders tunes for sure and definitely uh in, in my top um all-time songs <laughs> favorite songs of all time uh so here we go so long riders lights of downtown <laughs>
So how's that for a one-two kick for starting off an hour? I love uh, Stephen's voice on that. And um, those guitars are just insane. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Oh, yeah, they're just so fun. So yeah, I can definitely hear the birds in there too. You had mentioned that in your that little quote. So yeah, I mean, you hear all of that. Um, you hear the jangle, but to me, what makes the Long Riders albums stand apart is um you know because i think when you see a an album cover like state of our union you're like this is a country band i'm out <laughs> and they're redefining really what you know what country music is is it simply that twangy jangly guitar is it lyrics about oh you know my my woman done left me or is it is there somewhere else and it's undiscovered ground and i think that's what long riders did is they brought this kind of pop rock um in uh model but they really kind of expanded it and then you know let's jump ahead and we get psychedelic country soul and that like just yeah, you know, burst the model open again, and and they're redefining it, bringing in pieces of things that they like and enjoy. And you know, all you have to do is listen to Sid Griffin or read the stuff that he writes. Here's a guy that likes bluegrass. Here's a guy that likes. It. He has so many different musical influences, and we can say the same about Tom. We can say the same about Stephen and Greg. And what they bring us is something that's really well put together and musically executed really well and i mean they it's a gut punch with between the first they go lyrics and then they go boom <laughs> and you're like what just happened to me and can i hear it again yeah. thank you sir may i have another yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely but anyways i digress <laughs> All right. Uh, are we going um, sequentially or? No, let's just go back, forth, back, forth. Okay, yes. Uh, I'm ready for your next tune. So my next pick is a pick that's, if I, oh, and I wanted to mention one thing before we move on. So I went back to the set list of the show at the Roxy. Oh. Look at this sandwich, okay? Okay, so song 17 in the set. Lights of Downtown. Song 18, the brilliant cover of Amanda Ruth by Rankin. Oh, Sonic. yes. Yes. Show ends with Looking for Lewis and Clark. Oh. Look at that sandwich. That's wow. Sandwich. Yeah. What a yeah, way to close out a show. And uh, we saw uh, Chip Kinman there. Yes. Yeah. What a treat so, that was. Amanda Ruth. Woo. Yeah. That yeah, was a anyways. treat. That was a treat. That was, that was a good show. So my next pick is a song called Capturing the Flag. And I think they're all credited on, as writers on that song. Right. Um, and again, what I like about um, this album, there's a lot of high energy songs on this. And the arrangement on this song is what I like a lot. So let's listen to Capturing the Flag.
Very jangly, but but see, like here's here's where long writers I think go one step further. These lyrics, when you listen to them, they're intense. And um, you know, uh, just listen to this. She once had a boy. She once had a husband too. She once had a son. She once had a husband too. They take them from the ground, shine them a light pass them in review, tell them that was life. What could they do? What could they do? And so, you know, my mind starts going to places like, you know, she's alone because everyone she's loved has gone off to war and never come home. Like I, I the, the imagery of the soldiers in the song is, you know, soldiers bring back lies instead of lives, you know? pretty intense that is intense Sheesh. and i wanted to point out at this point that uh also having a writer writing credit as well as the four band members was the producer will birch who was the right from the records yeah so he's produced a number of things um including the records stuff um dr feelgood a few different things so um he's also got a writing credit on this too so uh, as well as being the producer of the album. All right, so I guess this brings us to the last pick, my last pick. What could it be? 
So it's another Stephen McCarthy song. So I'm going with Here Comes That Train Again. And what's better for a band of this ilk to be writing about than a train? Right. So, I mean, but I wanted to I wanted to read a couple of stanzas to you and Please. ask you, is he really talking about a train? So um, it no. opens with Here Comes That Train Again. I was just wondering where she'd been. Left Dallas at 10 past eight. I'm so glad she won't be late. Uh, later in the song, he writes, um, now here comes that train again. Hear the whistle, see the smoke. Down the track I'd walk to the trains with their Hollywood names. I can still hear the talk, but since I've gone, that train's moved on, but I hope to see one day that train's coming back to me. So is, is, are we talking about a train or are we talking about something else and the train represents something I don't know the answer, but uh, it just made me think. Um, but um, either way, it's good imagery. Um, I like the thought of um, uh, remembering and uh, the thought about something returning that's gone yeah. and coming back. So it could be a long lost love. Um, it could just be childhood memories uh, with the train. But it's interesting that the that Stephen McCarthy throws in that these trains had Hollywood names. So I thought that was kind of a, an interesting imagery. <laughs> but anyways, Stephen McCarthy's songs are great. I love his voice when he sings. Um, he definitely has um, a certain kick to it and um, something really genuine about his voice uh, that I, I really like. So um, I... This the song has a lot of energy for me. Another one of those songs with a lot of energy. But you look like you're ready to say something. I'm gonna sit and listen. Okay. All right. Well, I'll my last it. pick is "Here Comes That Train Again." And listeners, as you listen to that, listen to this song. Um, you tell me, it, are we talking about a train in this song, or are we talking about something, something more? Anyways, here comes that train again. Here comes that train again I was just wondering where she'd been Left Dallas at ten past eight I'm so glad she won't be late now Here comes that train again Down the hill you watch that white steam cloud brings me back to days gone by when I watch as they ride by now here comes that train
curious about one part in the song um there's some plucking songs so there's a style when you're playing guitar instead of picking or finger picking where you pluck a couple strings at a time and who's ever playing that part um use that technique on the song and i always assumed that all of the lead parts were stephen mccarthy but i did notice when we were at the show that a, a lot of the songs that were stephen's songs that Sid would play. So um, I always assumed that was Stephen playing that part. But anyway, yeah, in that part that you mentioned with that, da, 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 I love that yeah. little that little run. But well, you know, one of these days we may just have Stephen McCarthy on. Let's hope. Let's hope. We've had two of the long riders on. Let's hope we get the next two. Yes. Yes, and we have had um, Sid respond to us and say that he would be interested in coming on the show when there's something to promote and there may be something to promote soon. So, well, let's hope. Let's hope. So, State of Our Union, uh, first major label release, 1985, and then they went on to do Two-Fisted Tales, which was their last album for a while. They took a, took a little break after that till. Yeah, they came back to do uh, psychedelic country soul. So and then, um, so Jeff, Jeff stayed with one singer. <laughs> he stayed <laughs> with Stephen McCarthy. I had at least you know a little little variety. Yeah, but whoever said that the eleven songs on this album were were problematic? Yeah, ten songs. Yeah, yeah, I well, know. Well, okay, help me out here because in the original track listing, I see eleven. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're okay. right. But yeah. whoever said uh, the has eleven problems and it's uh, songs one through eleven, 
Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I buy into that. Yeah, I know. But, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, because I did read other reviews that gave it um, a 10 out of 10. That was Americana UK. Yeah. Uh, uh, gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, so it, it had mixed reviews. I think as time has gone on that people look at it more favorably than they did at when it was originally released. Um, well, I also have to think that in 85, anyone producing anything Americana, anything in that genre, yeah. would be looked at as please. But because they had they had a ton of support in Europe. Yeah. It was here that we couldn't appreciate it in the moment. Yeah. You know, but whatever. It's right. a good album. And if you don't already have it, you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, um, it, it charted in the UK, um, number two on the country chart, 66 on the albums chart, but it did chart in the UK. Oh, yeah. No, and all you have to do is take a look at, you know, where Long Riders uh, toured and traveled in the past few years. They did a lot of dates in Europe, especially Spain. Oh, yeah, that's they right. They had a lot of support in Spain, but UK was was always really good to them. So Yes. yes. But uh, again, State of Our Union, great songs on this, very, very well-crafted songs on this album. Yes. And I mean, when you see four dudes like that, you know you're going to get something kick-ass. Exactly, yeah. Great shot, yeah. So, Jeff... This was a great album. And to quote the one and only Sid Griffin, oh! <laughs> that's a great quote. <laughs> you know, you can interpret it however you want. Pero mi gente, agrubiar. Groove on, baby people. <laughs> section. Frequently, this album scrapes the most mediocre depths of formula R&B that should certainly have been rejected at the demo stage. Having heard the Longriders album, I can only say that I hope their bank balance is in better condition than State of Our Union. It's so difficult to know where to begin. There's just so many bad things to say. Basically, the Longriders have been hyped. This is a bland, abysmal country and records band. I'm not slagging CNW. It's the Longriders I don't like. Their album sounds like a bad demo of Elvis Costello B-Sides. Their style is repetitive, unoriginal, and less than interesting. 
We are talking three-chord horseshit. These cowboys look like they just rode in from Nashville from someplace nowhere in the deep south. If this is the American New Wave, then my name is Ingrid Bergman. Nice to meet you, Ingrid. From the Oxford Mail, there are 10 things wrong with this album, and they're all the songs. All four members try their hand at songwriting, and their efforts range from merely poor to out-and-out -out abysmal. Long Riders, The Wigan Evening Post, State of Our Union, Island Records and Tapes, and Compact Discs. State of Our Union, a fairly poor state to get in. Here the mood is whippish, acoustic, and the songs steal from Elvis Costello and Bob Dylan, amongst others. Get my attorney on the phone. This is my personal favorite. The Northern Echo, Long Riders, State of Our Union on Island Records and Tapes, a one-sentence review. If these guys are at the helm of West Coast rock, abandon ship. Hey, baby. These cats got no reason to be optimistic. Who is this Griffin cat, anyway? This has all been done better before, notably by Graham Parsons. Here's a winner. The Long Riders of the uh, Eastern Evening News, Thursday, October 31st, 1985. You can get these at any, you know, John Menzies or W.H. Smith. The Long Riders have been around for a while, and they still sound incredibly amateurish. It's become increasingly obvious that what amounts to a half-baked bar band from California just needs to hop a jumbo jet and cross the big Atlantic to suddenly hit Painter. Painstaking recreation for balding hippies and would-be California files. That's you guys. Here's a picture of me with a hangover. This is priceless. The Long Riders were about the biggest load of uninspired three-chord country and western shit. Any LA2 brain cell wonder has the audacity not to call pub rock. This band brings a new dimension to the word dull, very dull, just as their lyrics bring new meaning to the term ridiculous. There's a couple more. For Sid so loved the world that he gave his only begotten band. Long Riders, State of Our Union, Island Records and Tapes. This is artless stuff indeed. Plotting monotonous songs, backward looking in a very tiresome way. These guys are not the future of rock and roll.